Good morning and praise the Lord. I am Elder Marcia Blackwell and I'm bringing you greetings from Living Water Christian Center Church where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. On behalf of our pastors, our senior pastor, Theodore A. Faison, and our executive pastor, Linda Faison, we bring you greetings. We are glad that you tuned in, that you chimed in via social media this morning to worship with us. We pray that as the word of God goes forth by our senior pastor, that your hearts will be touched, that you will be blessed and that your needs are met. We thank you again for joining and please tune in again. God bless you real good. Be blessed today in Jesus name. Greetings, it's wonderful to know God has a plan for us. I'm so grateful today. Amen. Sometimes his plan is not my plan, but his plan is always better. And we're grateful for that. Welcome to Living Water Christian Center Church, where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. We're so glad to have you with us, that you chose to be with us this morning. We don't take it for granted. We're grateful. We thank you for your support. Thank you for your online giving. And we thank you for the time you spend with us this day. We're going to go into the Word of God after a quick word of prayer, and we're studying in 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful that you are God and our Father. We know that you hear us when we pray, and we understand that we belong to you, and we are yours exclusively. And we thank you for it today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And as we enter this portion of our service, we ask that you speak to us out of your word. Touch our ears, teach us to listen, and touch our eyes that we might see Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So last week we talked about, last week we talked about the word of God. The word of God lasts forever. And it's important for us to know the word of the Lord. It's important for us to read and understand and study and memorize and meditate and then consume all of the word that we could take in. Amen? Because the word is where the truth is. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. It will create freedom in you. And so that's where we left off last week talking about the word. And so this week we're going on chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2. And Peter says this to the saints. Therefore, or considering everything we talked about earlier, lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Amen. So Peter is saying here that uh, we're going, we want to lay these things aside. It's a term we use to, um, like when you take off your coat or your, or your jacket, you take it off, you lay it aside. And he said, we need you to, figuratively, we need you to do the same thing with these bad behaviors. Malice is evil intent. Okay? Um, I know some of y'all act like you've been saved all your life and you forgot what it was like to have evil intent towards someone. You know, to, to have a little bad feelings about somebody and want to get them. Uh-huh. I, I know you don't remember how to do that. Okay? You don't have road rage or any of those things because you show no save. But it's, that's what malice is. It's evil intent. 
Deceit is just being deceitful and untruthful, okay? And hypocrisy, hypocrisy is acting. It's acting one way and believing another way. So um, there are people who act like they're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they really aren't. They're actors. That's what the word hypocrisy is, actors. And there are some folks who do that. Envy is being jealous and desiring and... Um, and feeling some, some kind of way about other people. Let's say someone has a little bit of success and I'm mad at them for it. I'm jealous. I'm envious. And that's a terrible thing. So we're going to lay these, side, these things aside. And, of course, evil speaking. You know, talking bad about folks. Stop it. We don't do that. You know, we have to stop talking bad and evil speaking and making trouble and causing, stirring up stuff and, and um, you know, rumors and those kind of things. Because, see, all these things are stuff that hurts the fellowship. And what Peter wants us to do, he wants us to be in fellowship with the saints. He wants us to be able to get along and to love one another and treat each other the way we should treat each other. And we said it before, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. And if I love my brother and my sister, I'm not going to behave this way towards him or her. Okay? And so we shouldn't be doing that anyway. And it says here, as newborn babes desire the pure milk or the sincere milk of the word, okay, that you may grow thereby. So like when you have babies, little babies are born and they need milk, especially mother's milk, right? They need that to grow by. They desire it and it's good for them and it's sincere, it's pure. Okay, it's not a lot of additives. When mom is nursing, there's no additives or things like that. The baby gets what mom has. And milk is pre-digested food. Think about that. It's food that's been pre-digested and it's passed on. Even if you're drinking cow's milk, goat's milk, or somebody else's milk, it's already food that's been digested and it's passed on to you. And that's what Paul is, I mean, Peter is saying here, that we should, as newborn babes, as new people in Christ, and new creations in Christ Jesus, we need the milk of the word. Now, of course, as we mature, we need to get some meat. All right? But in the beginning, we need milk. We need some basic teaching out of the Bible, sincere, pure milk of the word, so we can grow thereby. Okay? And so that's what we're saying here. And um, as newborn babes, so when you're new in Christ, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's important that you get the word. Okay? It's important that you be taught. It's important that you um, read, um, let's say, um, the Gospel of John or the book of the letter to the Ephesians so we can get some foundation, some good teaching in us. Okay? That, those things are important. It says, if indeed you have tasted, or it could say since, Indeed, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So here's what we're saying. God is gracious to you and me. We should be gracious to our brothers and sisters. You know, that's why we're saying that we're not going to participate in malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil talking, because we're gracious. It takes a little practice. You have to have a want to. But we should be gracious to one another. Just as the Lord is gracious to us and forgiving and merciful, we need to be gracious and forgiving and merciful to our peers and to the saints and even to the strangers. Amen? 
Amen. So that's the thing. So it's important because we have tasted the grace of God and we need to share that grace. We're able to share that grace with others. Look what it says in verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. We're talking about Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Rejected by men, the, the leaders of the community rejected him. The Sanhedrin, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they all rejected him. But he was chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are built, being built up in a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Look at what it says here. It says that Jesus, is, we're part of this great house. You know, we're also part of the body of Christ. And we're also figuratively part of a great house. Okay? And, and Jesus, we're being built up in this house as a body, and Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone, uh, we have one outside our church, and many buildings have a cornerstone. The cornerstone has an indication of when it was built or the, the dedication of the building and things like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a real important piece of architecture that's there. Okay, so Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Now, to you and I and to the believers, he's important to us and he's precious to us. And, and we, we, are, we love him and, and we are fond of him and we follow him. However, what Peter says to the disobedient, and by disobedient, he means those who are disobeying the word of God. Because those who do not believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are in disobedience. Okay? Even though God may be drawing them, even though the word has gone to them, and even though they may have some understanding of it, if they're not trusting in the Lord for their salvation, they're disobedient. We used to be disobedient, and that's how it is. Okay? And so to those who are disobedient and to those who reject the Lordship of Jesus Christ, He's a stumbling block, and people have been stumbling over Jesus as being Lord and Savior for, um, for centuries. I was, you know, here's the problem. The problem is this, that the idea that this man can be God is, is, is crazy. It doesn't make sense to people. Because it only makes sense to those who trust in him, who live by faith. Okay? You be in a conversation with someone, and the person says, well, I, you know, I understand. We, we talk about Jesus, and we, have, um, we look at his teachings and things like that, but I don't believe he's God. I don't believe he's the son of God. I don't believe he's born of the virgin. 
I don't believe he died for my sins, if I am a sinner. I don't believe he died for my sins and was risen again on the third day, right? And those people are sincere in what they believe and don't believe. However, Peter says these same people are disobedient and they stumble over it, okay? And they are offended by it. They are offended by you, Christian man, Christian woman, talking about you must be born again. And folk get offended by that. The stuff that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost um, is it, it, offensive to people. How dare you tell me that I have sinned? Well, we all have sinned. But how dare you tell me that I have sinned? And how dare you tell me that I need Jesus? I think I'm living okay the way I am. You know, I, I do these things right. I don't cause a lot of problems. I'm a good citizen. I treat people well. I think I'm doing okay. However, um, sir, the word of God calls you a sinner. If you have not come to faith in Jesus Christ, because you have also missed the mark. I say it every week. You have missed the mark. You have sin in your life. And the only way to remove the sin from your life is to come to faith in Jesus Christ. See, if, if, if things were determined by how we behaved, a few people would be okay. You know, because they behave well. And you know, they respect their parents, they obey the law, they drive the speed limit, you know, they do those things and they're good. A few people would be okay. But it's not dependent on that. What is dependent on for salvation and for right standing with God is faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He died for my sins. He was risen again on the third day. And salvation comes when I trust him. When I trust him for my salvation, that's when I receive salvation. Okay? Um, and there's no getting around it. Now, people want to say that this is kind of narrow. Okay, it's kind of narrow. It's a narrow way. Sure it is. But guess what? It's available to all people. It's not excluding anyone. Anybody who trusts in the Lord will be saved. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's for everybody, anybody. Okay, it doesn't matter your, your nationality, your race, your ethnic group, your background, your parents, or any of those things. None of that matters. Anyone who comes to faith in Jesus Christ shall be saved. Okay, so it's, it's narrow, but it's also open to anyone who receives it. All right, so, look, so let's go back here. And he is called a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. And, and I want you to look at, think of the, um, the picture, picture in your mind, someone walking and talking and tripping over something. Maybe you had that experience. It's a terrible feeling. It's a little embarrassing to trip and fall, especially in front of folk. Okay? And so that's what, that's what Jesus is, right? Because Jesus is there in the way of your unbelief. Those who do not believe in Christ, Jesus is in their way. And they have to work their way around it. You know, they have to find some way to get around the truth of the word. You know, in Romans chapter 1, it says they suppress the truth. They hold the truth in unrighteousness. They suppress it because they know it's really true. But they have to suppress it. They have to say, no, I'm not going that way. 
and they have to find some other way. They have to find a belief. They have to find a creed and some kind of system for them to live by because they don't want Jesus to be the one. They don't want to admit that they need Jesus. They don't want to admit it. We had to admit it, and so will they one day. Okay, And so that's why he's a rock of offense, a stone of stumbling. He causes them to trip because he's not there to trip them up. He's not there to hurt anybody. He's there to help. He's there to be of service to you. He's there to give you benefits of salvation and right standing with God. He's not there for you to fall and stumble over, but be when you try to get around them and you try to avoid them, that's when you stumble and fall. It's too bad. And it doesn't have to be that way. But look what else it says about you believers. It says, but you, verse 9, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, King James says a peculiar people, I like that better, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Look what it says about you believers. It says that you weren't a people. At one time, you weren't even a people. <laughs> but now you're the people of God. See, before we became the faith, we were heathens. You like that word, don't you? Heathens, uh-huh. Um, Gentiles, we were unsaved. We were uncircumcised. We did not have a covenant. We did not have a God. We were not considered a people of God. Okay. Now, we might have been a people concerning our, our generations and nationalities and ethnic groups. We were, the, we were that, okay? But it says here that now, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you become the people of God. And it says you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You're different. You're peculiar. You're special. <laughs> you're a little strange, too, some of y'all saints. You know you are. Right? But we are the people of God now. And being the people of God, we, we, we represent him. It's like being ambassadors to a, a nation or an authority. And we are ambassadors for Christ. And we have this citizenship. We talked about it before. You have dual citizenship. You're citizens here on earth, wherever you live, you're a citizen there. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you're also a citizen in heaven. So you have this dual citizenship, and we, and we have the blessing, all right? Remember, we've gone from sin, and we've gone from judgment and condemnation. Sin, judgment, condemnation, um, I can't help it, habitual behavior, and all these things to being a chosen generation, being chosen by God, okay? Being a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Okay, we're part of the priesthood. See, here's the cool thing about being a royal priesthood is that you don't have to find somebody to get your prayer through. You don't have to find somebody to do, make a sacrifice on your behalf for your sins to be forgiven. You are your own priest. Think about that. You go directly to God. You go boldly to the throne of grace, the Bible says. Okay, you receive forgiveness of sins and grace to help you. Okay, so you don't have to find the pastor. 
You don't have to find one of the elders. You don't have to show up on a certain day of the week to get a blessing. You go stand before God any time, any day, any situation. You have direct access to him. See, back in the day, you needed help. You didn't have that access. You know, you had to go to the priest. You had to go to the prophet. You had to go to the priest to address God, and you had to go to the prophet to hear from God. Okay? But now you and I are believers. As believers, we talk to him and we hear from him. And we don't just hear from him. He shares what he has with us. We said this before. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his name. He's given us his kinship. And, and his fatherhood belongs to us. Okay? Because we're the people of God now. Uh, look what it says here. It says that we were in darkness at one time. <laughs> darkness is, is ignorance. Okay, ignorance and sin equals darkness. We were once in darkness, and now we walk in the light. We walk in the truth of his word. The truth, his truth, is, his word is truth, and the truth is light. And imagine being in a dark spot where there's no light, and you're not familiar with the surroundings. Like if the, if the lights are off in my house, I know my house, so I can get around okay. Not a problem. But if I'm in a strange place, and there's no light, I'm, I'm just practically blind, okay? And I'm walking, I can't find my way. That's people who have rejected Christ, and those who have not come to Jesus, they're walking in darkness, okay? And these aren't bad people. These are just people who are ignorant. They just don't know. Or they have the opportunity to reject him, okay? And so what happens is, they're going to have trouble getting around. But when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, there's a light that shines on your behalf. Because he's the light of the world anyway. And he actually calls us the light of the world too. Okay? And so you can see your way. You can see a path. He makes it plain for us. He shows us the way to go. That's why we study the word of God. The word of God gives us a path to study. That's why the songwriter says it's a plan for you. Actually, the scripture in Jeremiah says it's a plan for you. He has a plan for you because that plan is in the word. And so if you and I will stay in the word, we will stay in his will. We will stay in his plan and we will never have to bump into the walls and stumble and fall and carry on. We will have enough light to show us the way and we'll follow hard after him. That's why they call you disciples. You believers are disciples of Christ. You're students, followers, even imitators. One verse, one place that says, be imitators of God as dear children. Okay? And so that's, our, that's what we're called to do. As believers, we're called to follow him. Okay? And part of the calling is for us to witness and share to other people. It's important that we let folks know about Jesus. You know, it's important that we share our testimony. It's important that we tell people they could be born again. Okay? And it's important. It's not so important that we call out every sin that they've done because sinners know they're sinners. Even those who are in denial. We know we have sinned. Okay? But it's important that we understand and we share and we love. We love people enough and, and gracious enough to tell them about the Lord Jesus.
to invite them to your service, um, to share your testimony with them, to be gracious enough to live and love and, and, and be attentive enough to hear what they have to say so you can share the gospel truth. And so we're grateful today for the word of God, you know, um, because we have obtained this mercy, we should be merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's us. We need to be merciful, too. Okay? So going back to the beginning, we're going to lay aside all the malice. We're not going to have malice <laughs> and evil intentions towards people and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and evil talking. We're not going to do that because we receive grace and we're called to be gracious. Can you be gracious today? Can you be gracious to that person that offends you? <laughs> you know, that, that coworker that gets on your nerves, that classmate or that family member, can you be gracious to them? And the answer is yes, you can. If you choose to be, okay? The Lord chose to be gracious to us and we are so thankful today. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness towards us. And we thank you for all that you provided for our salvation through Jesus Christ. We are so grateful today. Help us today, Lord, to be as gracious as you called us to be. That we would treat others the way we want to be treated. And do those things that will make your heart glad. And things that will cause you to be satisfied in our behavior. We thank you for it even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you haven't come to faith in Jesus, it's just a matter of asking. All you have to do is just say, Lord, I need you to come into my life. I want you to save me. It's that simple. Ask the Lord for help. It's not the words, it's the faith. Confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. God bless you. We thank you for spending time with us today. And we look forward to doing this again. Thank you. God bless. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal, at Living Water CCC, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.